Hello and welcome to Startup Dads. I'm Amrit Santhirasanan, CEO of a high-grade startup, father to a young daughter. Join me as I speak to ultra-successful parent founders, venture capitalists and investors to take a look at the world through their eyes and uncover the lives, drives and strategies of parents and business. We're here to show you that you can grow a thriving business and happy family at the same time. This week, we've got another first for you on Startup Dads. We have our first set of co-founders on the show. Michael Collett and Matt Blom co-founded Kin, an app that gives your family its own private media space where you can connect with each other today, share memories from yesterday, and even leave messages for tomorrow. They are also, unsurprisingly, both dad to kids from the ages of four up into their teens. In this show, we hear about how Michael's habit of sending emails to his young son to read in the future transformed into a venture-backed startup. As always, it's great to hear from you all, so do leave me a comment or send a DM on Twitter at StartupDadsPod. Alternatively, reach me on LinkedIn at Amrit Santharasanan, and I promise to get back to you. All right, let's get into the episode. Some people are dads first, some people are startup people first, uh, 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 but the interesting bit is when they smash into each other at 100 miles an hour. So maybe we can talk about that. How, Mike and Matt, how did you become startup dads? I can, I can, this definitely is a bit of yin and yang because I've only ever been a, uh, an entrepreneur since I've been a father. I was, um, I was a banker for 25 years. Uh, I started off late in life uh, in the fatherhood process and I would, really wouldn't want it any other way. Um, I had uh, a couple of uh, businesses before before Kin and uh, they've both had uh, some successful exits as well. And that was, they were kind of finance and Bitcoin based, but this is really, this is really the passion. This is the big one. This is why we're so excited to be on this podcast because my son and Matt's family as well were the inspiration for this business. So uh, yeah, I'm a morning person. I've been for 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 25 years. I would I would say because of my my previous career. I want to say two years ago, September 2019, I was up one morning with my then two year old son, and I stumbled across a poem on fatherhood called "A Little Fellow Follows Me." And if you haven't read it, I'd go and read it without too much uh, waiting around. This poem resonated so powerfully with me, I had to make sure at some point he, that he, he saw it in the future. And the only way I could think of at the time was to set up an email account for him. So I did that right there and then. I set up a Yahoo account for him so that one day when he could read, he could see this poem. And this poem was about just the, the, the scariness of fatherhood and, and, and the, you know, the sort of the, the joys that it brings as well, but the awesome responsibility that it brings. But that doesn't have to scare you. And as I said it's just a, it's just a gem a little fellow follows me anyway i sent in this poem into the future i and that process of emailing my son into the future i found so cathartic it spawned a daily habit of, of sending him emails i then started sending him life lessons like you know words of wisdom for that day silly things dad might have done that day cute things he might have done that day bad things he might have done that day blah 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 a couple of weeks later we took him to see my mum his nana and she saw me. She saw me doing this, uh, sending Tristan. A, I was laughing to myself. Whatever. She, she said, "What are you? What are you up to?" And I said, "I'm sending Tristan my daily email into the future." She's like, "That's amazing. Can I have his email address?" I could see her reason for sending stuff into the future. She said, "Because I bet me." She said, "I bet your father'd like to send that as well, and and to the whole family." And that was really the light bulb moment. I was like, "There's got to be an app." And I just. Uh, caveat here i've been off facebook for seven years so i didn't know but i worked with matt matt was a good friend but most importantly he's got two teenagers who don't talk to him that's the age so i rang him up and i said i've got three questions first and foremost is is this idea i've got about a closed family network 
is this just me being goo-goo about my baby boy because he can't speak at the minute or does this work with your teenage sons is it is it a nice he said no that's no, a great idea all right good great secondly look i'm not a social media user i barely use instagram is there a, there must be an app out there that does this it's so simple a few days later matt came back and said nope and then finally i said well look we're, we're going to be private it's, it's got to be private which means no adverts you know moving away from the current model that seems to work so well can we make a business and a viable going concern out of this and it took matt a little while longer but he came back and said yes we can so that was uh uh that was in september 2019 um we then spent about six months honing these brand tenants of kin privacy control and intergenerational connections for want of a better word and the journey began uh, but then COVID kicked in, and that's when we really cranked things up and started the fundraising process. Yeah, and I, and I, and I think you know when when Mike came to me and and said about the idea, and you know I could instantly see that you know Tristan would end up with eight thousand emails in an email account that he'd never read. But it also kind of connected with me with my kids because I never really feel comfortable putting my life on, on social media. And one of the things that had happened over the over the last few years is that we'd all kind of moved away from using social media in that way, and we'd we've kind of ended up inside, you know, WhatsApp and iMessage and, and these things, and they've become the kind of default way that families are communicating. I know WhatsApp was never designed for it to be your, um, if, you know, the, the, the history place of your family, everything you've ever done, and, and what you communicate. It's just we it was it, it was there. We used it because it was better than the other options that we had. So, so for me, it kind of really felt like, okay, there is a product missing here, which is a private space for you and the people you care about the most to connect freely. And, and one of the key things for, for us is that we were kind of like, well, if, if you make the audience smaller, if you curate your own audience of the people that you really want to share these things with, that increases the amount you feel comfortable sharing. And that's been one of the key things that we've seen. So my family, since we launched Kin, the, the amount of information, pictures and videos and, and, and comments and everything else that's going inside Kin is now seven times the amount that they do on traditional social media. And, you know, one of the, one of the, the biggest things of this is then how that affects your relationships with the family members that you don't speak to as much, right? So my relationship, so with my cousin now, is so much stronger through having kin and using kin that when I when I finally get back to England and you know get let in the country again, um, you know when I go and see her, that embrace, that cuddle I give my cousin at that moment is now completely different, purely because of kin, and that's kind of our that's our go to for success. You know, if if we enable families to communicate more than they do currently because we have provided a space for them to do that, that's success for us. For sure. I think one of the really interesting things about your, your business, it, I, I build an enterprise technology firm. It's my passion and my, you know, one of the things that are, is very important to me. But the measuring stick that I have about how much I engage with it is not quite the same as how a um, measuring stick for you and your family. And, you know, my wife doesn't go, my wife's actually an actress, so she's a bad example, but my aunt doesn't go, do you know what? You know, I really love the way I can deal with 100 million data point data sets in your application, that's just great, right? Um, whereas you can actually have that measuring stick from your family, you know, you can have that real, uh, the litmus test, you know. I don't think actually products become babies, but you can often feel like a parent towards your startup. So maybe I can ask you the question, how do you deal with the feedback when someone goes, that's terrible, or why haven't you made a change to that? Or do they all hide it from you? 
and you get only get, get the good bits. I think we've handled it well. Um, you know, we had a very clear idea of what we wanted, but it's the fact of the matter is we did get a lot of early buying and we did sort of kind of fill the rounds quite quickly. So we knew we were onto something quickly. But yeah, just recently we were told that we needed to have a brand rethink. And we were like, really? I thought me, I thought the I thought the brand was really good. They went, no, it's just you two that like it. Well, I didn't bring it on. So it's like I think we are quite we think we are quite resigned to our place in life that perhaps we don't know everything. But yeah, I think I think we've something you learn as you get older. Because you're launching a product that sits alongside, you know, apps that have been around for 10 years plus, right? That have a certain amount of functionality. The bar is set ridiculously high. And your family are very quick to say to you, oh, it doesn't do this. And you're like forever saying, no, it's in the roadmap. It's coming. You know, in three weeks' time, that functions in the app. And they're like, great. Then that comes out and they're like, oh, I can't do this. <laughs> you're like, okay, you know, we've got a team of eight developers. You know, we can't, isn't, they're not 10,000 developers, yeah. right? So, but what we have done over the, the last year and a bit is, you know, we've managed to get the product to such a point where we're, we're happy with the functionality. We're happy with what it allows you to do. You know, we launched as an MVP and we've gone through the app, through each section and brought to life what we had as our vision at the, at the beginning. But you can't do that all on day one. And along the way, you know, we've had, you know, a lot of user feedback saying, but it'd be great if it does this. You know, we like this bit, but can it do that? And, you know, so we, we, we also wanted to get the customer feedback on that journey to make sure that we were building a product that people wanted not just something that me and Mike thought would be great for our families. Yeah, and and it is a skill, you know, uh, you, that you, you just touch on there. You know, finding the balance between being just stubborn enough to execute on a vision that you know, if you listen to the piece of feedback that everyone gives you, you're running it. You, it's just like you know, you look right in front of you and you make a step, and before you know it, you've made a kind of circuitous journey. Um, but also, you need to take the feedback and finding that balance. You know, as a founder, it's, it's difficult. I think sometimes. The thing we found, okay, so we, we, we our cap table is fairly large because we did uh, we've 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 now just we did a closed our series A at Christmas, so we've done a pre-seed a seed and a, and a series A, so we've got about fifty to sixty investors across about twelve countries, and the core ideas, you know, the future messaging angle, the the, the best in class service function, the ability to chat privately and and, and safely securely. Oh. That was fairly an easy sell and doesn't take much adjusting. It's the little bits around that, which feature comes in first. And as Matt says, we, we, we haven't got 20,000 devs like Facebook. We, we do do a lot of surveys and we do put it out there and, and we do try and get feedback on, on which features we do bring in. But as I said, we've got to kind of manage the process tightly. How do you frame the competition and how do you see yourself? Because, you know, lots of people will see your product overlapping or adjacent to offerings from you know the, the the trillion dollar elephants in the room yeah so i think for us is you know for a lot of stuff you know we're not looking to be a replacement to those things we're just a, a, a space that you can do things differently in right so you can you know we have young persons accounts so the little ones from the age of 0 to 13 have a presence and a space inside kin so you can post pictures of the kids inside a family group because it's a it's a private space. Now we have memorial accounts where you know there's members of the family that you know have have, have passed on, but you want to remember them. You want to tell the stories. So, mm. like just recently was my um, was the first birthday since my nan had passed. So seeing inside kin, you know, my nan's got a profile inside kin, and on on her birthday we we're all posting pictures of us with her, with my nan and, and and you know wishing a happy birthday and sending the love and all of those things 
stand out apart from from the emotional response that you get from using social media. You know, we're at, 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 there's a different feedback to using Kin, and when something comes inside Kin, you know you want to see it because it's from the people you care about the most. Whereas if you open up another social media app, it's generally people you don't really know telling you things you don't really want to see. You know, and you know that whole um, the way that kind of social media has been you know politicized, right? The way it's used to push agenda, the way it's used to push product, to push. A, a projection of a, of a life you don't have, and probably nor do the people who are posting those pictures, right? It's all just, you know, that that frame looks good, let's take that and pretend that's normal. So, so the kin gives you a completely different feel. When you get a notification that something's happened inside kin, it's a completely different response. So we don't see that we are directly competing with anyone. We're just filling a space that gives you and your family, your closest friends, and whatever those groups are, a place to share stuff in a way that it's saved forever, in a way that you can leave messages into the future um, with the messaging and the group chats and everything else, but also with, the, you know, the way to kind of put today's memories, you know, and today's actions and today's pictures become, become the history, right? They become the legacy of the group. We're not directly competing with any of these. We're just something else that we didn't have before King came along. So that's how we kind of see us sitting in that space. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think you're right. When you think about social media now, when you think about the nature, about how viral it is, and actually the, the kind of the costs of that, you know, you actively don't want that in your system. Uh, it's a very different type of network with a far different framing of connections and connectivity, which is really interesting. It's really interesting business. This was always going to be a good idea when we hatched it in September 19, but we've had some very nice tailwinds with the social dilemma last year. But, you know, there's some scary stuff we've done some commentary and some interviews on. 92% of US two-year-olds have an online presence already. Already. Barclays did a survey by 2030 that two-thirds of all online fraud will be as a direct result of something they call sharing king. The average 13-year-old has 1,300 pictures of themselves online. So that's just that scary angle about what it's going to do to your kids. Our kids can't choose what can be done with their data, but we can, and I think we should. And this is the place to share it with the people that count, not some guy that you met in Tenerife in 2012, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. So that's actually a really nice segue onto talking a little bit more about the intersection between family and startup life. Really great to hear your stories and to understand, you know, that dads, came before the startup in this case and you know one of the things that i find when i talk to founders who have had kids as part of their lives for a little bit longer or have been working you know working parents that way around is that values tend to be they tend to figure a little bit higher in their agenda right and you know one of the reasons we set up startup dads is to counter the stereotype that all founders are you know 16 year old with kids who can just focus uh, on on just one thing, and that's all that matters. But I think there's huge amounts of advantages to having a set of strong values that drive you as a person, and having kids is no better way, I think, than to cement the things that you really care about. But I'm really interested to understand your values and how that's influenced, you know, the way you've built Kin, uh, you know, both from a business point of view, but personally, I suppose, as well. It's it's coming straight from here, right? It, uh, uh, you know, it's coming straight from what what's important, and it's made it's made creating the product and identifying the why super simple. Uh, and it's something I can't imagine. Well, I I wouldn't have done it without being a dad, right? It's the funnest. It's the nicest. It's the easiest job I've had. Albeit, get rid of the sleepless nights bit apart. We, we can talk about that later, right? But I'm saying, as far as let's design let's design a product, it's 
it's been relatively kind of straightforward because it's like, what do we want to do? We wanted to be able to send a future message. We wanted to be able to retract that memory very easily from a WhatsApp chat group, which group which you couldn't. We wanted to be able to leave a legacy for our future generations. And, and to tie into your point about the business model, it turns out it's a very sticky business model because who's going to want to stop paying the subscription when you might have a future message unlocking from your father that's passed away or once all, all that great legacy is on there, it's a, I mean, it's a very, very cheap model we have as well. Uh, we built a product to serve a, a real desire. And as Matt touched it, it's to, success for us is designed to bring families closer together. I mean, it's already worked with our own families. We don't have to become a unicorn and that certainly would be nice, of course. And I think, you know, having kids and demonstrating to them, you can do something about your ideas is a super important message for them. You know, and so, you know, when, when you go through this process, you know, my, my kids are in the teenage years. So, you know, they've seen it from, oh, you know, we, we had this conversation today. We had this idea about this app. What do you think? You know, they like grunt and put their headphones back on and carry on playing Fortnite. And then, you know, then they see it kind of come to life. And then, then they see meetings that you're having with, with developers and when you're meetings you're having with the investors and then they're asking questions now how do you do that and why is that this and and then when they finally get a product in their hand they're like hmm, if you're determined you know and if you're resilient and if you if you really want to do something you can do it you just have to put your head down and get on with it and uh, and then it can it can be done so i think it's a great lesson to them they might not appreciate that lesson quite yet you know it might be their mid-20s where they you know have a light bulb moment and go huh Oh yeah, I remember when Dad did this, you know, and and because the app is about bringing the family together, it's a double win because the kids are seeing you work hard at trying to do something that you want to do for a really good reason, and then that really good reason is allowing them to communicate with their family all over the world in a way they could never, they were never allowed to do before on, on social media. Yeah. So it's like a double win for us from from that point of view. You know, it's something that regardless of what happens and, and where where we go with this. It's been a hugely positive experience as, as for father son, as as well as it has from you know co-founder to co-founder and 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 you know us from building a product that we put to market. So it, all in all, it's been an amazing experience. What we found during the journey is that there's a number of people that they've been doing this and, and and have been doing this in time going backwards as well we found you know letters that my granddad wrote to my dad from from world war ii trenches to for, in, in absentee for a kiss on christmas day there's been people we've come across that have been writing letters one of our investors was accidentally told he had three months left to live so he started to write oh. letters yeah believe it or not so he started to write letters to his uh 20 year old kids and then was told the good news I guess he might have flattened them, but then he, so it's, 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 it's out there. I think it's, it's been there across the ages and we're the first time that there's got this chance to get all that old data and digitalize it for future generations. Can you imagine now being able to go back the other day, you're bored, you're bored with Netflix and you just want to go see what granddad was doing. You know, Googling granddad's worst 10 Christmas jumpers, boom, and it's there. And there might be a voice. It's just a real powerful tool we have the chance to build here. You're absolutely right. It, this is, in many extents, digitizing and immortalizing something that we've been trying to do in a far more transient way for a long time. One of our investors says, he's already calling it, is this photo kinnable? Like for the real special stuff. You know you've made it when you become a verb. No, that's the plan. Can it? Yeah. I think the, the you know, one of the other things is, you know, like you've heard the thing where 
you think about buying a new car and then all you ever see are those cars everywhere. Right? So once we, re- we, we put future messages, we just released the new future area. Um, now, every time I'm watching a movie, you'd be surprised how many movies, how many TV shows have people sending a future message. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it's like now it just keeps popping out to me. And it's kind of, it's in our culture, you know, it started with caveman painting pictures on a wall, right? That was the first future message. So, I, so you just used the word uh, culture there, Matt. So there's values in terms of how you value it, but then it's also values about the things that you count, that count really highly. I don't know what your adjective is for kinners or, you know, kin team members. Kinpins. Kinpins, very good. So what do you look for? you know, in terms of when you're looking for people who are going to join the kin family are going to be kin pins. Everybody's got a family, right? It's, it was an easy, easy sell. So I guess it's family values. And it doesn't have to be family. I mean, I mean, everyone's got their own definition of family and, and hence kin is a, is a little bit more loose. We haven't had too many problems kind of selling the culture because it's kind of intuitive what we're after. We've only had a little bit of advertising in the UK. And when you see that you're already in 124 countries, it kind of just brings home the fact that this is universal. There's lots of different cultures around the world who honour families in different ways. So there's a lot for us to do in those spaces to make sure the functionalities are in there for the cultures in India, for the cultures in Japan, who, who have you know ceremonies to, to honour the dead, you know, and making sure that we are there and culturally aware, you know, across the world of the things that we can do that allows people to put what they do in their day-to-day life in a way that can be remembered forever and accessed by family forever. And that's key because we've never had this problem, right? We are the first generation that has to think about digital legacy. And for us, it's almost like we've got to take care of our parents' digital legacy because they don't really get it. So we're there going, you know, let's make sure Nan and Grandad have, you know, got the right digital legacy for the kids to show their kids and their kids to show their kids. Because we just get these old grainy black and white pictures and you're told a story and that's all you've got. But, you know, in 50, 60, 70 years' time, everything is just going to be a digital world. So we need to make sure that we're harnessing that and we're representing our cultures, our values into the future so that people have got a direct way to interact with it. What I'm always interested in is that to give our listeners the real insights into both sides of the coins. What have been the kind of the bits that you didn't expect, the challenges you didn't expect in Sleep. in building Kin? Sleep. <laughs> You're both so chilled out. I'm fascinated to hear about the bits that you found difficult and how you work together as co-founders. We've we've launched a business during a very interesting time. It was it, we started pre-COVID. Me and Mike have seen each other once. Hmm. in the whole time that this business... And that's been a plus. (laughs) (laughs) We've seen each other once in in that whole time, right? It's coming up for two years. And so we've done this whole thing on Zoom. Everybody's work from home. Hmm. It's technology which has allowed us to, to, you know, build and fund this piece of technology. You'd never expected that. You would expect us to be sitting in a room every day, you know, whiteboard. And it's probably had its pluses and it's had its minuses. But... Overall, I think it's worked It's worked really well for us. I would say, I mean, look, as in life, always, hindsight's a beautiful thing, right? My dad always had a saying, couldn't believe what an idiot his dad was when, when he was 17. He thought his dad was a real idiot, but he couldn't believe how intelligent he'd become by the time he turned 25, right? And that applies to everything. You look back and go, I wish I'd have done, done things that way. 
I don't know. I think with the journey's gone really nice. We've just brought the, the, the dev team in house after using an agency business. I'm an old accountant, right? That was my first job before banking. So, and, and, and Matt's a process guy. So, I think between us, we've got the real nitty gritty and the, and, and the boring, the governance bit sorted out. And that would be my advice: get that sort of stuff from some day one. Have your cap table lined up. Just get in the get all the the boring stuff. It's all very good when you have got an idea and you're going to be, you know, it's going to go to the moon and get all this money coming in, etc. But get it all nailed down first would be kind of one of the lessons. Well, we didn't learn it. It was it came natural for us. But I guess my main advice to, to people is, and then to my son on, on the back of this, don't be afraid when things get scary. You're probably onto something right, right? But, you know, if anything's worth doing, it's not going to be a, a, a straight line up and to the right. You know, expect to be afraid. Expect those sleepless nights. Because, that, you know, it's, it's almost like, me and Matt, and we do balance each other out well. What you know, when one of us is having a bad day, everyone's like, "What are you on about? This is this is this is going to be good." If you haven't got a co-founder, get someone else you can rely on and, and, and sound test. Because I guarantee you, I used to come from a high octane where there was some proper, uh, proper heart in the mouth moments. But you, the highs are higher in this this business startup business, and the lows are lower, especially when you base the whole app on your family. Right? There's more at stake. But the highs are that much higher. And, you know, you can be having the worst day of your life and be asking yourself all sorts of questions one day. Then the next minute, you are, of course, you know, I am fucking doubt myself for. Let me just bottle that feeling up because I've got so much, I'll pour a bit out of that tomorrow. So I, I'm super interested to hear from Matt. So what is the biggest lesson you've learned from your journey in entrepreneurship that you want to pass on to your children? And Mike, it sounds like resilience, you know, that, that kind of real strength and resilience. I don't know, Matt, what you've got to add. You know, I've been essentially running my own businesses since I was 23, 24. Um, and it's, you've got a belief in yourself. And it's, and it's fine. It's fine to be wrong. It's fine to fail. If you get it wrong, it's not a problem. What matters is that you carry on and you keep looking, you keep looking for solutions and you keep pushing. So again, it is that resilience thing. But at the same time of being resilient is that it's okay. You know, it's okay if that didn't work properly or that didn't, or you made the wrong decision at that point because that's just giving you the opportunity to make the right decision. So my, my thing would be have belief in yourself and know that it's okay to, to mess things up every now and then. Uh, it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter what people think. What matters is that you, if you want to do something, go and do it. Try your best and keep going. That's it. Startup shout out. Before we go, we like to, to use this show to shine a light on people in the startup ecosystem, investor, founder, entrepreneur uh, that we admire in our section startup shout outs. So, uh, Mike and Matt, who is or are your startup shout-outs today? I've, I've got a couple. One's not really a startup, but I do meditate. Uh, it's been part of my routine for ages, and I love using the Calm app. There's a bunch out there, so that's not really a, that's a bit of a poor startup. They're doing very well for themselves, but I've used them from the day up when they were a startup, and they are amazing. Um, but I'll give a shout out to our to our marketing guys called Herb by Many Matt Leach. He's he's uh, he really does take a different approach to marketing, um, just different to anything else out there. And he's uh, sit there in awe of some of the science. He uh, he's you he better do a bloody good job now for us. But uh, yeah, <laughs> Herb by Many Matt Leach. That's that's my thing. Brilliant. 
Yeah, so I'm going to go for um, a startup that, for me, just had the most simplest idea and has executed it fantastically. And, you know, they're the same thing. You know, they, they're looking to go into every household and every person's pocket across the world. Um, and that one's what three words. So for me, for a, for a startup of a simple idea, something that was missing, something we can all use, you know, they're, they're for me are, uh, my, where I'd like to shine my light. Brilliant. Big fan of what three words. Uh, so that's a great one. Brilliant. Well, we'll be sure to get those uh, um, onto the show notes for our listeners to learn a little bit more about. But before we go, how can we help find out a little bit more uh, about you? What's next on the horizon? So a lot. it sounds like a rocket ship journey. Um, what highlights do you want to share with us? Yeah, so we've got... Um, We've just released the future area, so you can you can enjoy future messages and future posts, and and go and play with that and see how that works. And then we've got another update coming towards the kind of middle of October, um, where we're we're adding a lot more functionality around multiple images. We let you post you know ten images from ten different years in one post. You can see it in a chronological view, or you can see it in a in a post dated view. So so that's that's coming up very soon. Uh, you can find all this and more information at kin.family. That's our URL. And uh, you can find us on, on the app stores under, under the same name. Um, and I think what we're looking to do is let you communicate and connect with the people you care about in a way that you can't do on other platforms. And that, that's, you know, that's all we ever want to do. Awesome. Well, uh, as I said to you at the beginning of the show, a really worthy cause and something that feels like an obvious idea after you hear it, which is generally a great sign of a successful startup. So I think that's the perfect way to wrap up. Mike and Matt, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been an absolute cracker. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you very much. Many thanks to today's guest. You'll find links to them and their work in the show notes. It would really help us if you shared the show with a friend or colleague. So if you know someone who might find this podcast valuable, please pass it on to them. If you'd like to connect with me, reach out on Twitter at Startup Dad's Pod. 